So the reading is from John 17, uh, page 1083 uh, in the Bibles provided. John 17. After Jesus said this, he looked toward heaven and prayed, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people, that he might give eternal life to all those you have given him. Now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours, and you gave them to me, and they have obeyed your word. Now they know that everything you have given me comes from you, for I have given them the words that you gave me, and they accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you, and they believed that you sent me. I prayed for them. I am not praying for the world, but for those you have given me, for they are yours. All I have is yours, and all you have is mine, and glory has come to me through them. I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them and kept them safe by that name you gave me. None has been lost except the one doomed to destruction, so that scripture would be fulfilled. I am coming to you now, but I say these things while I am still in the world, so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, for they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. And as you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them I sanctify myself, 
that they too may be truly sanctified. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them, even as you have loved me. Father, I want those whom you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory that you've given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you and they know that you have sent me. And I have made known, I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. Thanks, Val. Morning, everyone. It's a good greeting. Cool. I'm Jamie. Nice seeing and hearing you all. All right. Keep your Bibles open. I wanted to ask first, though, do you know what it's like uh, when you see something really intimate uh, out there in the world somewhere? And it's that kind of intimacy that you'd love to share in, but it would be rude uh, to interfere. Uh, Like, you know, have you ever known like an engaged couple preparing for a wedding and you know how you kind of talk to them about their wedding plans like, oh, where are you going to have your reception and are you going to have a first dance, Uh, things like that. And then you start talking to them, you know, like, well, what are your honeymoon plans? Like, where are you planning to go? Oh, that sounds nice. Like, What have you got planned? And then you realize like it's time to back off, you know, (laughs) it's too intimate. Don't pry, Uh, you know. Or, you know, when you see people out there and they're just, you can just tell they're really good old friends. Uh, so there are these two older guys that are always walking around the park opposite my house. And I, I kind of see them. They seem to always be having these really in-depth, colorful conversations. And I go jogging around the park and I see them. Uh, and I'm always tempted to kind of turn around and follow them just to kind of hear what they talk about. I uh, just get really curious, but I restrict myself to the quiet, you know, the nod, g'day, g'day. And that's it. Uh, one day, maybe I'll find out some more. Um, but you know what that's like. Um, there's no more intimate relationship uh, than the eternal love between God the Father and God the Son. And the amazing thing that we find out this morning uh, is that the Son wants you to be in on it. Uh, this is Jesus' last extended prayer before his death. Uh, he knows that Judas and a band of soldiers are on their way. They're not far away. They're coming to arrest him. We're focusing on the last six verses of this prayer this morning. So we're six verses away from all the horrors 
that this night is going to bring. You can see the next heading uh, in chapter 18 there. So what does he pray to his father? Uh, He's already prayed that God would glorify him at his cross, which is quite a shocking prayer, really. And yet the cross really is the one place that you can go and see the love of God, his justice, his faithfulness, most clearly in all its splendor. Uh, He's prayed that God would protect. He'd protect the disciples standing with him so that they could preserve the message about him and hand it on. And now in verses 20 to 26, he prays for us. He prays for believers everywhere, past, present, and future. And we find out exactly uh, what he wants for his people. He wants us to be one, we heard. He wants the world to know him through us. And he wants us to be with him. So there are three headings. Uh, You'll find them in your leaflets if that's helpful to follow along. But if you're a follower of Jesus today, uh, know this. Right before his death, Jesus thought of you. Uh, He prayed for you. He prayed for me, for believers everywhere. Uh, It's quite amazing to think, isn't it? So if you were Jesus in this situation, uh, as you thought of all the people who would one day hear about you and become your church, uh, what would you pray? I don't know. Uh, I want them to be great evangelists. Father, I want them to be motivated by, by real love. Or maybe, Father, make them prayerful. Wouldn't that be great? But what does the real Jesus pray for? He prays for our unity. Uh, Have a look with me. Uh, Verses 20 and 21, so we're on page 1084. Uh, For our unity, verse 20. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. What a huge request. Uh, Because, you know, as human beings, we do kind of surface level unity, okay? You know, we can get along. Um, And we can even experience those, like, amazing moments of real unity. Like, have you ever been to a big sporting match or or maybe a concert where everyone's just shouting and clapping and singing in unison? And there's that just electric feeling of unity. Uh, But then, you know, a few minutes later, you're bustling through the car park trying to get out of there, get home. What Jesus asks for is a lasting, deep, loving oneness uh, that is so rare in this world. We only experience moments of it. And we've seen this unity on display uh, in this whole prayer in John 17. You know, how the Father and the Son know each other so intimately. Uh, There's none of that popular idea that there's a scary Father of the Old Testament and the nice Son of the New Testament. Uh, They're completely on the same page about everything in their love for each other and the world. As you listen to this prayer, you you get a bit of a glimpse of a real other person-centeredness, how they genuinely give of one of themselves to the other. The son lays down his life to make the father look good, and the father glorifies his son at the cross. Wouldn't it be great to know that kind of unity? That's exactly what Jesus asks for all of us. It's what he wants for us. And he knows even better than we do the miracle that he is asking for. He's asking that people across time, across the world, cultures, styles, personalities, will all be one. Now what on earth could possibly 
be powerful enough to unite such a mixed bag that would probably otherwise be at each other's throats. I think we get a clue in verse 22. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. So what's he talking about with this glory that's going to make us one? You know, are we meant to become all kind of shiny and dazzling when you become a Christian? You can like spot a Christian on the street because they're just glowing. I don't know. You guys are a pretty good looking bunch, uh, but glorious. I don't know if I'd go that far to know. What Jesus is talking about is actually a lot more ordinary, but a lot more powerful than that. Here's an example. Uh, So Hosea uh, arrived uh, here a few weeks ago. Uh, He's from Kenya, uh, which is a pretty different country to Australia. Uh, His church background is quite different. Uh, Did you know that church services in Kenya go from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m.? It's pretty cool. Pretty different. Uh, When he arrived here in Adelaide, he didn't know anyone at all. But now he has family here, brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, The other night we were praying at Bible study uh, together, uh, and Hosea prayed uh, for these guys. He's only met once or twice, and we're kind of meeting around the prayer circle. Oh, this is Hosea, and you know. Uh, And he prayed uh, for these guys to the same God that we all know, Uh, and he was praying for these guys like brothers. And I realized we are on the same page. And despite all those differences, we're different but united. That's the glory. Uh, the glory of Jesus that's inextricably linked with his death on a cross for sinners everywhere. Because nothing levels the playing field quite like the cross. Uh, the cross shows us that all human beings are so sinful, so sinful that Jesus had to die a horrible death uh, to deal with the mess that we've all made. The religious, the irreligious, men, women from Kenya, from Adelaide, you name it. Jesus had to die for you. On the other hand, the cross shows us just how valuable all human beings, all human beings are to God. He loves you so much that he sent his son to do this for you. So this is what unites believers everywhere. Not one language or one way of dressing Uh, or style of church service, or even one perfect denomination, one glorious cross, one life-changing truth given to us by Jesus. Uh, Something that I love about church here at Trinity Bay uh, is what a mixed bag we are, uh, and yet we're united by Jesus. Uh, So put your hand up if you were born somewhere other than Adelaide. That's a lot of people. Outside of Australia. Yeah, wow. Mixed bag. That's just countries and cities that we're from. Different cultures, different stages in life, not to mention different interests. And yet something much bigger, someone much greater brings us together. And people here give of themselves to each other. Uh, I can't tell you how much my family has been aware of that and appreciated that with all your prayers and just asking how we're going with um, my grandfather being in hospital people give of themselves to each other we get used to it we kind of think that's what life is just like but we shouldn't underestimate the power of what's going on here as we grow in unity together and give of ourselves to one another we see jesus prayer here being answered so because of the cross christians everywhere from different countries backgrounds personalities have one glorious thing 
that brings us all together. Uh, Which leads us to our second heading, uh, because that loving unity that he wants for his people isn't an end in itself. Uh, It's driving towards something greater. So have a look with me again uh, at verse 21. That all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. He wants the world to know him, and he wants us, his people, to be a part of that. You know, that beautiful other person-centered unity that's so elusive in this world. It's meant to be displayed in the lives of believers in an obvious way. So that those who are lost in a perishing world with all its fake promises of belonging and comfort might see and believe in Jesus and know the real thing before it's too late. Jesus cares so much uh, that the world knows him and believes in him that he prays for it twice uh, in these final moments before his arrest. Uh, It's there again at the end of verse 23. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Uh, This second time he adds that he wants the world to see the father's love uh, through believers. Uh, The father loves the son. The father loves the world. Uh, So much that he sent his son into it to save it. But how will people today ever know that? You know, no one here today was physically there at the cross to see the love of the Father for the world. Uh, So how will they know? They need to see that love expressed in a tangible way before their eyes. And Jesus prays that we, his people, will be that expression You know, your everyday Adelaidean uh, might know a bit about the Bible. Uh, Most people know a bit about Easter, uh, but think that the cross was just a morbid tragedy and wonder why Christians are so obsessed with it. People don't know the doctrine of the cross and what makes it so glorious, uh, but they are looking, looking at Christians, uh, wondering if we might be on to something. I heard a great example of this during the week. Uh, Some friends of ours have a French exchange student living at the moment. Not you, Lisa, don't worry. (laughs) Um, um, She's never heard anything about Jesus before. Um, She didn't grow up going to church in France or anything like that. Uh, But these friends of ours are Christian and they they send their kids to youth group. Uh, And it was the end of her first week. You remember how that feels, Lisa? End of your first week, how tired you are. Um, and our friends were wondering, like, should they drag her along to youth group or not? But, you know, the other kids were going, so she went along, this tired French girl. Uh, at the end of that night, they asked kind of sheepishly, like, apologetically, like, oh, how did you find it tonight? Uh, and she said, I wish every Friday night was like that in France because people there cared for each other and, in- and included her, welcomed her in. Uh, she said, when the girls prayed for me, I had tears in my eyes. Um, Who can blame her? She's never seen such intimacy before. People praying to God as their father who loves them. The love of the father showing itself to groups of in groups of believers. This is what Jesus prays for. And unity and mission are so beautifully linked then. You know, the son's unity with his father is the ultimate example. You know, what incredible love and unity uh, would lead the father and the son to plan the cross What a cost to the father, what agony for the son, but they're completely united in their efforts to make it happen. Jesus' desire is for us that just as his unity with his father led to mission, uh, the unity of believers with one another 
might lead to mission and others coming to know about him. And again, Jesus knows much better than we do uh, the miracle that he is asking for. In a great understatement, uh, he mentions what Christians will be up against in verse 25 when he says, the world does not know you. Uh, We live in a world that's against God. Jesus knows that. Uh, There's so much opposition to the message of Jesus, whether it's in, you know, violent hate or just polite apathy. Jesus knows this better than us. He turned up in this world, the Son of God in the flesh, and the crowds yelled, crucify him. And yet he didn't back down for a second. He went to that cross to save the very people who put him there. What kind of love is that? It's the kind of love that Jesus prays would be evident in us as we live and speak and invite and care and love in a world that is against him. Uh, This love can hurt, uh, but eternity is at stake for those who are yet to put their trust in Jesus. His prayer here is that we will be the public face, the public face of Jesus to the world, which is a pretty scary job description. Uh, for ordinary, you know, good-looking but flawed people like you and me. Uh, But we need to listen carefully to Jesus because his prayer gives us all the comfort and the courage that we need. Let's look again at verses 25 and 26. Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you, and they know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them, and that I myself may be in them. The world doesn't know God, but Jesus does, and we do. And Jesus here promises to give us all we need for life in this world. He will continue to make God known to us, and as he does, he'll fill us with the love of the Father. So what we're doing today, and every time we open up a Bible, uh, is actually very powerful Jesus himself is continuing to make God known to us. We don't need to conjure up some kind of surface level love for each other. Jesus will give us the Father's love as we get to know him better. And we have his word here. We have his promise that he himself will be in us as we live each day showing out his love. Whatever opposition or apathy we meet, Whatever anxiety or inadequacy we might feel, Jesus is with us by his spirit. What a comfort and what a great reason to be confident. Jesus wants believers everywhere to be one so that the world might believe in him. So our evangelism, as we try and tell people about Jesus, it stands or falls on how we treat each other here. Uh, If you want a sad example of this, I just think about the Royal Commission into churches in Newcastle going on right now. I met someone last night and got talking about how I went to church. And she told me about this and said, why would you want to be involved in church? Don't you know that this commission is going on? Don't you know what people have been doing to each other? How damaging is that? And honestly, if you're someone who's not a Christian looking at that, why on earth would you want a bar of it at all? So sad, it's dragged Jesus' name through the mud. On the other hand, uh, here's a beautiful example of how some people who love Jesus and each other had a great impact uh, on the people around them. Uh, So this is back in the 60s, uh, while civil war was raging in Zimbabwe. 
uh, university students in the capital there um, ate their meals separately. You ate with the people who had the same colour skin as you. Um, and everyone did this. It was the done thing, uh, except for the Christian students. Uh, in the main dining room, where the white students would serve uh, their black brothers and sisters dinner, uh, and then the black students would serve their white brothers and sisters dessert. What a powerful testimony uh, to what Jesus had done for them. It had a powerful effect on their campus, and people are still telling that story. Christians are the public face of Jesus to the world. And this mixed bag here today uh, is such a wonderful expression of that. And something that's challenged me this week is um, how that love and unity that we have uh, has to be observable uh, to people who don't normally go to church. That's such a simple thing, uh, but it can be hard. I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel like I'm either in my Christian world with my Christian friends doing Christian things or I'm in my other world uh, where it's kind of hard to be Christian and hard to talk about that stuff. Uh, But Jesus reminds us today that there is only one world uh, and it needs to know him. Uh, So let's keep working together as a whole church, but even just in random groups of Christian friends, uh, thinking about how We can hang out with people who aren't Christian, who don't know Jesus yet, so we can show that love in an observable way. As part of that, we're spending the next uh, few Sundays at 10am and TBE, uh, inviting friends to come and hear about Jesus and be with us. Uh, You know, Adelaide's not quite like Zimbabwe back in the 60s, but we do live in a culture of clickiness and prejudice, nonetheless. So where else can you go? in this world and see a mixed bag like the one here today, uh, loving one another. This is unique. That's a beautiful thing. I hope lots of people come to TBE and to 10am over the next few weeks. And as they do, uh, they're not only going to be hearing the life-changing message of Jesus, uh, they're going to be watching too, uh, seeing whether we're on to something, seeing the way we relate to one another. And wouldn't it be great uh, if they wonder... What is it about these people and the way they treat each other? What do they have? I want that. Jesus prayed very hard that all who would believe in him would be one so that the world might come to know him. But even this uh, is a means to something greater, to something Jesus wants even more. Uh, So we've reached our last heading. Uh, In verse 24, Jesus says to the Father, I want... And it's kind of weird to imagine the powerful, eternal Jesus ever wanting something, but he does. So let's have a look at what it is in verse 24. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. Jesus wants those who believe in him to be with him. That's the heart of his mission. That's the goal of all evangelism. He wants believers everywhere to be included in this intimate relationship, to see the glory of Jesus that he's had uh, before the the beginning of the world. Uh, He's about to die to make this possible. You know, the dad who rushes into his burning home to save his sleeping daughter. uh, What does he want for her as he takes a deep breath and runs into her room through the flames? It's pretty simple, isn't it? There's no sort of mixed motivations He just wants her to live, be alive and be with him, doesn't he? This world uh, is burning down 
This world is against God, and God won't let that continue forever. But in his great love, he rushes into the world in Jesus. He wants us to be alive and to be with him. But that can't happen yet. Jesus has to go first. Back in John 14, he said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. Before we can be with him, he needs to go. Sins need to be paid for. Death needs to be confronted. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am. So here's Jesus taking a deep breath, about to run into the flames, about to endure all the pain and shame of the cross so that we can see him and know him and be alive with him, enjoy being in relationship with him for eternity. Uh, If you aren't trusting in Jesus today, uh, hear this. It's not too late to let him carry you to safety. He wants you to know him. He wants you to be with him. He's gone to the cross to make it possible. If you are a Christian today and you're human, um, you'll probably find it hard at times to live as one of Jesus' people in a world that is against God. I don't know how you're going with that at the moment. Perhaps you're aware of this great need uh, for people to hear the gospel that you know. uh, And you know that we are the public face of Jesus to the world. But you're just feeling inadequate, not up to the job. Uh, Maybe you've had knockbacks in the past. Perhaps you're struggling to live in unity uh, with Christian brothers and sisters uh, who are just so hard to get along with sometimes. Or maybe all just the pressures and the noise of daily life are getting on top of you, tempting you to think that maybe Jesus doesn't care that much about you or about how you relate to other believers or the world. Whatever the case, his words here will sustain us. He wants us to be with him for eternity. Jesus and his father are completely on the same page. So we know that if Jesus wants it, uh, he's going to get it. It's going to happen. Everything in the universe is heading in this direction. And we can taste it now as we get to know Jesus better, as we survey his wondrous cross. He continues to reveal himself to us. And yet there will come a day when we will see Jesus, actually see him in all his glory. As John puts it in one of his later letters, uh, we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. We'll see him as he really is. Uh, This is happening. This is going to happen. Jesus wants it. The Father wants it. A day is coming when all the struggle uh, will be no more. Uh, When everyone who believes in Jesus, no matter how flawed, uh, will be with him. I long for that day, don't you? Uh, Jesus longs for it. He's looking forward to it. He's looking forward to taking you to be with him where he is. You know, he's looking forward to taking you, Helen. He's looking forward uh, to taking you, Rohit, to be with him. Did you know that Jesus uh, is still praying for you today? The Bible teaches us this. He is our great high priest. He's done the work. He's run into the flames. He's come out the other side. Sins are paid for. Death is defeated. And now he's praying for us right now, interceding for us. 
to make sure we make it to that day safely. Isn't that comforting? As we wait for that day, uh, we have a great role in Jesus' work in this world uh, as we show out his love to others, as he continues pulling people from the flames. Uh, Whatever struggles lie ahead, whatever inadequacies we might be wrestling with, uh, he has promised to be with us while we wait. Uh, So let's pray and ask for his help now. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that because of Jesus and all that he prayed for here, we, broken, sinful people at odds with each other and you, uh, we get included in a loving, eternal relationship with you. Father, we did nothing to earn that. Uh, You bought it for us at such a price at the cross where Jesus rescued us. Father, we long for that day when all the struggles will be over We will be with Jesus and we will see him and enjoy the glory that you've given him from eternity. In the meantime, Father, we live in a world that needs to know you. Uh, So with Jesus, we pray for our unity. Father, for us here at Trinity Bay and for believers all around the world, make us one. Uh, Despite all the different ways you've made us, despite all the sad divisions in this world, and sadly sometimes we confess in the church, may we all be united in the glorious gospel that saved us. We pray this so that we might show your love to the world, so that more people will see and hear of your great love for them in Jesus, and so that they can be with him for eternity as well. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.